1: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast, home of the now five and three Purdue Boilermakers. I am your host, Andrew Ledman.
2: And I'm Casey Bartley.
1: And we are here, of course, to talk about the win over Nebraska this past Saturday. But before we get into that, uh, we do want to touch on the not-so-secret secret secret scrimmage that Purdue men's basketball had uh, also this weekend against Providence. And before we get into that, I have a question about secret scrimmages, Casey. Hit me with it. So maybe it's not a question so much as it is a theory I have. I teased it a little bit on Twitter. So... Purdue lost in this secret scrimmage to Providence in overtime. Um, So five extra minutes of secret basketball, which, by the way, they release a box score. So I don't know how secret this really is. And I don't really know why they call it secret scrimmages. Um, But my thought is Painter is probably happier that they lost than he would be if they won. And I think maybe Painter probably does some unorthodox lineups to maybe make the team uh work a little harder and if they lose he's probably just as happy if not happier what do you think
2: yeah i mean i'm happier we lost i think we come into the season with some really good press a lot of players that are you know getting hyped up i think it's good to get hit in your mouth a little bit yeah and to uh you know not just have an easy breezy walk in which normally scrimmages are not M- normally most coaches are playing around this was a weird case where yeah uh, painter played 10 people everyone played at least 15 minutes providence was just playing their starters their starters yeah. got 38 31 37 yeah. 37 35 minutes
1: yeah i mean the they had one guy off the bench who had 16 yeah. uh and that was really it i mean they had another guy who had 12 but 30 plus minutes for every one of your starters uh no one on boys, Purdue had 30 no and and those boys probably not going to be playing <laughs> what are their forwards 38 minutes 57 seconds i mean that's that's probably not going to happen during the regular season
2: no and like this is this is valuable time to learn this isn't value you don't learn very much in a game where you're blowing someone out by so the fact that we what it looked like it happened we got real hot early came out to a pretty big league had a big lead in the second half and then just fell off i'm going to assume a little bit of that is yes the lineups that were played and also you know this the season hasn't started they're not in shape you're gonna lose your legs a little bit and it looks like Trey really struggled from the free throw. Overall, yeah, I think this is a positive experience. Love to see him get. They've been playing all summer against themselves. They're comfortable going up against those matches. It's good that our guys get to play some live action against different players.
1: Yeah, and I thought it was interesting the box score they released has had not only personal fouls, but fouls drawn, which yeah. I thought was a, a cool stat. Um, but they both show um, Isaiah Thomas and Jaden Ivey both had six fouls, which I don't, was there a rule change I'm not aware of that they had six fouls? I'm. Or or do you think you know because they it's didn't a have fouls? Scrimmage...
2: Nate Watson for Providence had not.
1: Oh, he sure did. Yeah, so, so they just must have been like, ah, eh, it's fine, keep going. I
2: mean, yeah, you're you're not out here to have them foul out,
1: like right? They need so, to play. And I thought it was good. I mean, Zach Eady drew five fouls. Uh, Ivy drew five more fouls, and uh, Trevion drew six fouls. So that just gives you an idea of. Uh, the ability Purdue should have to get to the free throw line this season and hopefully get in the bonus early and uh, get some free points as the game goes on, especially with two giants like Williams and Edie on the court.
2: Yeah. And overall we shot him pretty well. 18 of 23. I like seeing Jaden Ivy go seven of seven free throws. Yes. Don't like seeing Trey go three of seven. Yeah. Really you don't was love hoping that. He had improved that stroke a little bit. Uh, I don't know how much we want to get in. Obviously, we didn't watch this game, but you look at this box score, and a couple of things jump out right away. Caleb first playing 29 minutes. Uh, yeah. Up there with Jaden Ivey and Sasha for the most minutes yeah, in the game. Yeah, I would
1: say just, just about the most. Less than a minute away from the most in the game.
2: Had the highest plus-minus on the team at plus 12. Knocked down both his three-point attempts, was four or five from the field, grabbed four rebounds, no turnovers. Those are the exact kind of numbers that you want when you have a guy playing off of two dominant centers. I'm going to call it now first isn't giving up his start. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, if if he puts up a stat line like that each and every game, uh, I don't see how he could. Um, I was obviously, you know, I'm a big Ethan Morton fan. I was disappointed to see he played the least minutes uh, of anyone on the team That actually played. So, you know, Painter played, like you said, 10 guys. Ethan Morton played 15 minutes, two seconds, uh, the least on the team. He was he, you know, he only took one shot. He made it. Uh, Looks like it was a three pointer. Um, But I would love to see him be able to get out there and get a little more run and do a little more. Um so uh, I'm really hoping for good things from him. He didn't turn the ball over, he had two assists to go with one steal. So I mean he he did well with his time, but I am hoping to see more of him this season.
2: I mean I don't think we're going to see more than 10 to 15 minutes of him in a game for the season for the most part just cuz we have so many guys, but I think him playing 15 minutes a game this year would be a huge step up compared to what we saw last
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I I just I I'm surprised that he was the 10th man. But, I mean, I guess this team is so loaded, it's not a terrible thing to be the 10th man on this team. I mean, there's just so many so many talented players they can run out there.
2: Well, I don't – there's definitely no way this is in-season rotation, I would imagine, because Brandon Newman no. only played four, 15. Yeah, and, and I, I – Isaiah Thomas played 20. Right. I can't imagine that's going to be the way going forward, even though it does look like Thompson played pretty well, had a plus-minus of nine. In general, uh, Morton is someone that's – Yeah, you do like that he had two assists because that tied for second on the team. Jaden Ivey had nine assists. Yeah, that's No one else had more than two. I'm I'm really surprised to see that few assists from some of our other guys. Trey only had one assist. Didn't turn the ball over, especially for a big man that can take so much pressure and make seven of eight.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so Purdue had 17 assists on 30 made field goals. That's low. Um, Yeah, which it, it struck me as very low considering um, how they usually did last season. And you would imagine they're going to do, um, this season as well. I wanted to look at the three point shooting. It varied so much by half in the first half. Purdue was seven of 11. And then in the second half, they were two of eight, uh, in the five minute overtime, they were one for three. So that could go back to your point earlier about not quite in game shape. You know, your legs just kind cr- of aren't quite there um in the second half and in the overtime so 7-11 in the first half is is obviously pretty darn good so um you hope if if the guys continue to get in good shape and those legs stay with them uh for the second half of games uh that could be a real real attribute for this team
2: yeah i'm wondering how much they didn't break it down for player how many threes there were i'm wondering looking at that score did did the defense press and uh tighten up in the second half, did Purdue's offense start to, you know, struggle a little bit and were a lot of those missed threes forced from, you know, Jaden Ivey and Brandon Newman who both only made one, took nine apiece or nine but Yeah. So I'm wondering if that first half those were all organic open open threes and if that second half we didn't if they didn't just clamp down on us a little bit more and it's possible you know we didn't play lineups with the kind of floor spacing that Painter's going to want to play with right right
1: and that's one thing that kind of went to my conspiracy theory i guess at the top is the, the lineups that he put out there i'm sure were not lineups that he's planning on putting on in crunch time situations they're kind of probably lineups that he wants to see what they can do um you know maybe no big man on the floor just in case there's some some foul trouble maybe both big men on the floor you know your dream just to kind of see how they do out there um and i think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and that's what you should use these type of scrimmages for
2: yeah nothing jumps out from this box score you know it's hard to it's hard to really tell from a you know a scrimmage stat count but I will say, Jaden Ivey, nine assists, eight turnovers.
1: Yeah, you, know, you don't love that. We're going to
2: need to cut that eight down? It seems... I wonder... You know, I we talked a couple weeks ago how... I'm not sure how much Ivey's going to have the ball to run the offense. Yeah. If that's any indication, the offense is his to run.
1: No kidding. Took the no most. Kidding.
2: Took the most shots, nine assists, eight turnovers.
1: Uh,
2: I, I'm encouraged by the nine assists even more than I'm worried about the eight.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can... You can always cut down the turnovers, and some of those I'm sure were just you know brain fart moments or a throw a pass where somebody wasn't expecting it um and you can put that on really on either player like that's that's I think how a guy like Trevion gets a lot of his turnovers is he he throws a pass that the other player isn't really <laughs> expecting, and then suddenly, oh, it's out of bounds and it looks like it's Trevion's fault when in reality he made a great play, the other person just wasn't quite prepared for it.
2: Yeah, and we talked about tired legs on jump shots. Tired mind and tired bodies yeah. lead to a lot of turnovers that you wouldn't do if you know you're in tip-top shape. You get, yeah, you get a little out of breath, and all of a sudden you're just in a place where you don't want to be. And you're like, ah, and you yeah. And it, I so. mean,
1: like you said, they've been playing all summer against one another, and not to say that you get complacent, but you get used to it. You, you get, get comfortable. Used to the pace, yeah, you get comfortable. comfortable. And then all of a sudden, you're playing against guys you've never seen before. You're playing at really probably a different level than when you're playing against one another so you probably get a little tired uh a little more tired than you normally have been so I, i'm really not worried about anything i'm seeing in this box score or the fact that purdue lost i think the talent is there i think we've got great coaching and uh, you know i think we're both very excited to see what happens when play starts is it uh next week casey
2: it's really close uh wanna say a week and in-
1: well uh, i'm talking exi- exhibition okay yeah i believe i believe it's on the seventh or no no the fourth so it is it is this thursday wow that's snuck up on me this thursday we play indianapolis uh 7 p.m on big 10 the plus that yes the greyhounds uh and then i mean the first the first game is uh a week from tuesday so against Bellarmine, who I don't even know who that is. Uh, their their mascot appears to be some sort of knight. So, uh, I, I mean, I'm just looking at the logo here. I, I don't know what they are, but uh, that game is also going to be on Big Big Ten Plus. So the first two on Big Ten Plus. Uh, first game coming up is going to be on Thursday the fourth, but it is an exhibition. So, uh, if you don't watch it, you're probably not going to miss much. You don't see much in these exhibitions. Um, one thing to note that we didn't in the uh the box score here, Mason Gillis did not play. Um, not sure if this, I don't think this officially counts as one of the games of his suspension I, since it's n- super secret scrimmage. Imagine. I can't imagine, but, uh, that is just something to note, um, because he was not listed in the box score. So, um, we will keep an eye on that to see as those four games that he has been suspended, uh, roll out. Um, I don't believe this one counts, but I just wanted to at least uh, mention that as we go forward.
2: Yeah. Uh, We'll know a lot more about this team next time you guys hear from us.
1: Which is very exciting. Very (laughs) exciting. So, all right, um, before we get too uh, much into the Nebraska game, we are going to take a break, and then when we come back, let's talk about the fifth win of the season for the Purdue Boilermaker football squad.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at choppacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome
0: to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: And we are back here to talk about Purdue football's victory over the hated Nebraska Cornhuskers, uh, Casey's least favorite team in the Big Ten, yep. least favorite fan. Uh, so... Just before we get into it, Casey was right. He chose uh, Purdue over Nebraska. I was wrong. I was wrong. I had no faith. I should have had some faith. And now I look like a chump at four and four. Uh, meanwhile, I believe Casey is at six and two. So he is just uh, he is bowl eligible at this point whereas I'm still fighting for my life at 500. So Purdue uh, now 5-3, and 3-2 three, three and two in the conference uh, after the 28-23 victory over Nebraska. Um, first off, I just want to mention Aiden O'Connell played a great game, uh, threw the ball 45 times, uh, which was just astounding. But... Uh, He was 34 of 45, 233 yards, two touchdowns, but most importantly, zero interceptions. Took care of the football, unlike his counterpart from Nebraska, Adrian Martinez. He was 14 of 29 for 269, two touchdowns, and a whopping four interceptions, including one that the Purdue defense returned for a touchdown. So, um, Casey, what jumped out at you uh, from this game, whether looking at the stat sheet or just with the eyeball test?
2: Big Ten football is really bad. (laughs)
1: okay how about can you expand on that
2: i'm just looking you know if either of us if you would have said purdue's gonna be five and three after the nebraska game we would both probably feel really good about our football team maybe even if you said that you know three weeks ago yeah and to be honest it's good we're five and three i don't feel any better about our team
1: yeah. I mean, I, I feel a little better just because the offense did put something together. I mean, even though they did only score 21 points because obviously, like I said, Purdue uh, had a defensive touchdown for the second week in a row. Should
2: have had a second one.
1: Yes. Cam I mean, Allen
2: on, just dropped one.
1: Yeah. And that was on Nebraska's first scoring drive too. Um Martinez just threw a pretty bad ball. Cam Allen jumped right in front of it. And uh, it just Uh, Again, second week in a row, one of the defensive backs looks like they've got a pick six and just can't corral it. Um, And then on that same drive, Nebraska wound up going all the way down and getting a touchdown. Uh, So that was a huge swing at the time. And it was, again, one of those plays where you just think, man, that's going to come back to bite us. But uh, it never did. Of course, Purdue wound up winning. But that's one I'm sure uh, Cam Allen would love to have back.
2: Yeah, our defense, uh, I I think we're just they're bona fide playmakers at this point. It really helps to play the quarterbacks for playing. Adrian Martinez was god off.
1: Yeah, he, uh, he was terrible. And it was so funny to listen to the announcers uh heap so much praise on him as the as the game began and as, you know, Nebraska was up a little bit, and then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, you know, well, he's just having an un un uh, ceremony, what unceremonious, he's, uncharacteristic – what unceremonies? He's having a bad – uncharacteristic – there we go. Thank you. Uh, he's just having an uncharacteristic game. This isn't like him, and you're like, well, I mean he does throw some interceptions. Like It's like they had a narrative, and they were going to stick to it no matter what happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, that shovel pass interception was just terrible decision-making from someone who has been in Nebraska for 25 years at this I, yeah, point.
1: I believe, I believe he was there the last time they won a national title. So uh, he, he's an old-timer at Nebraska.
2: So uh, the biggest thing is we took away the one thing that they do really well, which is usually Adrian Martinez running the ball. He only had 10 carries for 18 yards. Obviously, the sacks take away from that a little bit. But even if, you know— you, you give them, say he actually did run for 40, 50 yards. That's okay. We didn't get burned by a big play with a quarterback that's very athletic, which is what we worry about. Uh, the game could have been a lot different if Martinez hits that wide open receiver at the end of the-
1: Oh, the end of the second half.
2: End, end of the first half.
1: Or yeah, first quarter. Half, yeah. yeah.
2: Into the first half, it, it, it was just there, and he missed them.
1: Yeah, just right off his fingertips too. Yeah,
2: you got to think that changed a lot of the momentum of the game. Uh, score would have been different. Our offense, like you said, we weren't lighting it up, but our our defense is in a Big Ten where most football teams are not very good at anything. Our defense is very good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can be good at something in this Big Ten this year, uh, you can. Use that to drag yourself across the finish line on a number of games. Um, one of the most important things I think that really changed this offense is Purdue did run for over a hundred yards, ended up with 116. Uh, and that again does include the sacks. So, uh, O'Connell had na- negative nine yards. Um, but Purdue ran for 116, only the second time they've been over a hundred yards this, this season. Um, and the, the obviously the other game was the Yukon game. Um, Xander Horvath came back. 11 carries for 24 yards and a touchdown. Uh, King Doru had a great game, 17 carries for 74 yards. He looked really good. He did. He did. Um, And I thought it was interesting that they they put the ball in Jackson Anthrop's hands a lot more. Uh, He had five carries for 25 yards in this game. And I think it's one of those things where you just know he's a trustworthy guy, so you give him the ball – And he also had six receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown. Um, So he had probably his his best game, not only of this season, but probably last season as well. Um, So probably his best game in about two years.
2: Yeah, it's really encouraging to, I mean, we said this multiple times through the season. We have all these playmakers and they seem to disappear for three, four weeks at a time. So it's really nice to, uh, if you want a player to make plays for you, you have to manifest those touches. They don't just happen. Uh, David Bell, you know, he's going to get open. That's fine. But you have other guys on the field, Sheffield, right? And then Anthropu has just disappeared. You have to find ways to creatively get them the ball, get them some space. And did that really well. Jackson Anthrop, you know, compared to what we have had in the backfield, he is one of our better athletes. So if you can throw that in a little bit, add the advantage of when he's back there, defense is probably backing off a little bit, thinking it might be a pass out of the backfield. So all these things uh, are encouraging signs.
1: Yeah, and... I, I thought it was just another wrinkle that Brom threw in on, on the offense that the other team really probably didn't know what they were going to see because it hadn't really been on film before. Um, Anthrop, you know, being shifted all around the field is something that I think we're going to probably see more of because again, I think he's a guy. He's he's a bit like Adrian Martinez in that he's been at Purdue for roughly 45 years. Um, and Brom trusts to trust him and trust him to hold on to the ball. So, um, we'll probably see more of him going forward. Um, and again, there was a lot of criticism online of the way, uh, that Brom called the game and how the first half was called so much differently than the second half. The second half seemed to be more innovative and there seemed to be much more, um, uh, you know, misdirection and it wasn't as obvious what Purdue was going to do. Um, you know, we, we threw, um, austin burton out there for one play as a second quarterback we didn't see jack Plummer at all but again when you throw burton out there and you know he's not going to pass what do you expect to happen he had one play uh with it which was a carry and had zero yards so I, i still don't know that we've perfected this multiple quarterback thing it worked great against iowa uh since then it's kind of been hit or miss
2: yeah and it just seems occasionally he's not up for the task Third down calling has been weird this year. Fourth down has been a little... He has this fascination with us being a line it up, be big, get that one yard out of the backfield team, and that's just not our strength.
1: Yeah, we, we definitely struggle with those situations.
2: So it's, it's frustrating to watch us go third and one, I formation handoff, fourth and one, I formation handoff. We haven't been good at those all year. We're not going to be good at those. Even with Horvath coming back, you know he's not all the way back, he had a nice touchdown run, but it, we're we're not a ground and pound team. We need no. to be aggressive, and we need to not. Anytime you call a play, and the opposing fans are like, "Ooh, thank God!" <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's probably the wrong call. In every handoff up the middle on fourth and one, unless you have just like someone phenomenal back there, it's just like, "Oh, you let us off the hook."
1: Yeah. Yeah. um Again, I, I want to mention the Purdue defense. I thought they. After a first half where they were a little shaky, they allowed a lot of big plays, a lot of runs. Uh, They allowed 17 points in that first half. For the entirety of the second half, they allowed only six points, Um, and that was a touchdown from Nebraska in the fourth quarter um, as the clock was winding down. Um, I believe it was under three minutes at that point. And then Nebraska went for two, uh, and Karloftis got the stop in the backfield uh, to prevent them from getting within a field goal. And then Purdue went uh obviously they knew they were going to have the onside kick from Nebraska and Purdue decided to just wait for the ball to come to them on the onside kick rather than going for it like going toward the ball and it almost was disastrous um when I watched it in live uh on live I was like oh my gosh Nebraska recovered that (laughs) uh but luckily the guy from Nebraska kind of bobbled the ball and Payne Durham happened to be right there and elbowed his way to the bottom and grabbed the football uh, after it bounced around a little bit. But, oh, my gosh, that was so close. And Purdue's coverage of that was so very bad.
2: And I think we all would have instantly been like, oh, this is happening
1: again. Right. Yeah. There was just that. I'm sure everyone in Purdue Nation was probably just like, oh, shit, it's going to happen, is it? Because, <laughs> I mean, it's, you watched it you watch it live and you're like oh no and then you see the replay and it looks just as bad because the Nebraska player had first crack at that ball and I thought for sure he was going to get it um but somehow he didn't get his hands on it he couldn't he couldn't quite grasp it you know you're coming up from behind a ball where it's going forward it, it changes where you're going to grab a hold of it but man pain durham Uh, kudos to him for for fighting and and coming up with that ball at the bottom there but oh boy that was close yeah we
2: have we are it's a very tricky game because purdue dominated time of possession 38 minutes to 21 minutes with nebraska that's good you you want the ball the only problem is we only had four more first downs than nebraska and our offense we threw the ball a ton but we were only averaging you know 5.5 yards that a completion. That's that's not great. We have to find a balance between owning the ball, having the ball, and still being able to push it down and make play We were we are right at we let Nebraska hang in. You know our defense came up with a big touchdown and we needed it because our offense was even though we put up in theory twenty eight points. You know twenty one on offense. This was not a good Nebraska team. It's not a good Nebraska defense. Our offense was not hitting on all cylinders, even though we were being efficient. We weren't we weren't threatening. We only we only put up 349 yards uh, for the whole game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, the offense seems to be doing just enough to win games. They're not blowing anybody away. They're they're dinking and dunking their way to first down here, first down there. Um, There weren't really any dynamite big plays uh, that are coming to mind. But Purdue, again, it doesn't really matter. Uh, how it looks during the play, you know, during the game, as long as you wind up with more points in their team. And, and that's what Purdue did. Um, one more thing I think I have to mention is our kicking game seems to have fallen apart. What happened? Um, you know, uh, Mitchell Fine ran after starting the season seven out of seven uh from field goals has now over the last 4 games uh he is 3 of 7 He
2: got the yips.
1: Yeah, uh, so bad. He missed 2 in the uh, Nebraska game both in the uh 30 to 39 yard range. So uh, I'm not sure what's going on here and and we've already confirmed uh that he is coming back next year uh and I would imagine you know y- you're probably not going to lose the starting spot unless these yips continue um he did make all four of his extra points but Um, you know in the Wisconsin game he missed an extra point as well so um, I'm not sure what has changed I don't think our holder has changed I don't think our long snapper has changed Um, so I'm not sure what's going on I know I remember one of the one of the kicks uh, I can't remember if it was Minnesota or Iowa was a bad snap and a bad hold Um, so you can't really put that one on him but to start out seven out of seven and then now you're sitting at 10 and 14 is not ideal
2: No, I just want to know what happened because, like, you said they weren't long kicks. The one was just yanked left. Yeah. Just straight pulled left. Okay. The second one looked like it was pushed right and short.
1: Yeah, the second one, it almost was like he got way too far underneath the ball. Uh, I I don't
2: remember seeing that ever.
1: Yeah, I don't either. It looked very strange. Even the commenters, when they showed a replay of it, were like, it "Looks like when you get your nine iron out and you know I some yeah. <laughs> yeah. some golf analogy yeah. that I didn't fully understand because I don't play golf." I yeah
2: yeah it's yeah when you take up too much dirt. Yeah, I don't want a, my my college kicker to look like my shorter. It's not good. You don't see it happen. That's that, it, that yeah. It, that makes me something's really going on mentally.
1: Yeah, that definitely sends a signal that it was a mental issue because. When your mechanics – something happens to your mechanics like that, they hopefully you can fix it. But, man, um, you know, luckily those two missed field goals didn't come back to haunt Purdue. But, man, it sure would have been nice to have those extra six points um, that then we wouldn't have to worry about an onside kick. Come back to Yes, we, yeah, we miss you. The groove. We the We miss the guy who was three for three against Oregon State.
2: Yeah, he looked really good. I thought we had a kicker.
1: Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> we even mentioned it on the podcast. We're like, well, it looks like Purdue's kicking game is going to be fine. And then that's what you get for talking nope. about a kicker. It's just one of those things. It's like a perfect game in baseball. You just should never talk about it.
2: But – overall it's so weird because half of what we're doing i really like i like the way that we distributed the ball this game i like that bell caught nine passes anthrop had six milton wright had seven sheffield had four i do like milton wright's a stud
1: yeah if, yeah and if you
2: take the drops away like physically he's a stud
1: yeah and after i mean after that series of drops to start the year he's really really fixed his hands and has played played really well for purdue
2: yeah and he's like he's a receiver who's big and goes gets the ball like he he doesn't wait for the ball to get to him. He goes and attacks it, which I really like to see. Uh, so I'm encouraged by all these parts. It just seems like something is missing with our play call. We we aren't I don't know if we're babying the offense a little bit or if we get timid at times, or we think we need all these little plays to set something up, but it just it's there is a gear that seems to be missing when I want I'm not well I'm not scared of the Purdue offense.
1: No, but I mean I think part of it is and I my brother it texts us this in our, our family group chat all the time, um, and it's something that Joe Tilleroys used to say, you know, it's not always about the X's and O's. It's sometimes about the Jimmies and Joes. Uh, so, you know, Purdue doesn't necessarily have a lot of uh, top-notch Jimmies and Joes to go against uh, the other team I right don't now. I know. Our
2: playmakers are all, like, high-ranked recruits. Milton Wright is a four-star. Sheff- Sheffield is a four-star. Bell's obviously a stud.
1: Right, but, I mean, we don't really have a marquee running back. As much as you know, we may like Doru and, and Horvath, we don't have a marquee running back. And we've talked about the problems with our offensive line. So when, when you're having trouble up front on the offensive line and you don't really have a marquee running back who can make plays despite a leaky offensive line, it starts to put pressure on everybody else and it changes what you can do as far as deep routes, deep passes, uh, being able to go through your entire progression – on any individual throw. So, I mean, I think there is definitely some truth to that.
2: That makes sense. It's just, we've seen them in moments where I feel like we have enough playmakers, especially at receiver, that we should be able... There are other schools that do more with less, and I feel like we do less with...
1: I, I, I'm not as negative as you are, even though, again, I picked against Purdue in this for this Nebraska <laughs> game. But, I mean, I, I think... I think this offense is not what Brom envisions it could be, but I think a lot of that, again, has to do with the the offensive line and the many losses we had in the offseason and the fact that, again, we, we don't really have a marquee running back. We have people who can make plays, um, but w- without a good offensive line in front of them, it makes it that much more difficult, and I think if we had that, it would truly change the com- complexion of what this offense is.
2: That's probably too true. Uh, Shout-out to Paul Paveri who uh who made the the usual uh usual transition from former quarterback to tight end
1: catching right. I believe his first pass? I believe so.
2: <laughs> A 9-yarder tight end so that's good to see. I liked him and I I am guessing you're not very familiar with him?
1: No, not really. <laughs>
2: He's pretty athletic, made some things happen, uh held onto the ball forever. So all his highlights were like 60-yard scramble TD. Passes. Nice. Nice. Doesn't work great in college, but
1: No. Fun to no. watch in high school. Okay. Um so as we said this is Purdue's uh, fifth win on the season. Uh I want to talk about one more thing. Uh at the end of our last podcast, you mentioned that you think Purdue was going to win the Nebraska game but <laughs> then lose the remaining four games. What is up with that and do you still feel that way after seeing Purdue win this one? Honestly, yeah. You oh man,
2: you're you're bringing me down. I Look, I get that Northwestern and IU are toss ups. Um, oh, oh, they're
1: I not they're good both pretty
2: bad. Yeah, they're not good. So we could win them. I just I I don't know how to quantify it exactly. I just feel like something is missing from this. Doesn't doesn't make me that optimistic going. I, I'm worried that over our next two games against Michigan State and Ohio State, we are going to get beat down by like a hundred points in the next.
1: Yeah, these, concern. these these next two games uh, for those that don't have a schedule in front of them. Purdue plays Michigan State this coming Saturday, three uh, thirty was just announced today on ABC, and then following that they play at Ohio State. And then we go to Wrigley to play Northwestern, uh, and then we have IU at home. So uh, over the next two weeks, we have the current ranked number, currently number five ranked team, and the number six ranked team in back-to-back weeks. So that is uh, one heck of a tough schedule. And those Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State both have dang good offenses that are really going to challenge this Purdue defense. Yeah. So I'm just
2: I'm worried that those two weeks are going to drive this team down into a way that it's going to be hard to pull themselves back up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get that. But I think if this team is not looking at those games against Michigan State and Ohio State, clear-eyed and uh, understanding, hey, you know, we're not going to be favored in these games, but we can at least go out there with a puncher's chance. You know, we beat then number two Iowa, although I think they're like 18th or something now because they lost again. Um, so they are plummeting in the rankings, but they, you know, this this Purdue team has shown they're not necessarily intimidated by the number in front of somebody's name. So hopefully they can go out and and give these teams a run for their money, um, and at least at least show us a little something and and come out without too much uh, mental mental trauma, as you were saying.
2: Yeah. So I guess if we'll put it this way, if you were offering me the waffle bet, which I'm one win away from losing,
1: that's today, right.
2: I wouldn't take
1: it. Well, yeah, I would hope not. So I don't feel I mean,
2: confident that we're not going to win because we can beat Indiana and we can beat Northwestern. I just, I don't like weird gimmick games at strange stadiums. Yeah, I don't
1: either. I don't either. So I, the game at Wrigley is just going to be so weird.
2: Yeah, so I just don't feel good about that. And then I kind of worry that we take way too much schadenfreude over IU football sucking again after one good year that they are going to get... Like, they're going to get really up on beating, like, taking us on it.
1: Yeah, I didn't get to watch any of their game, um, but apper- <laughs> apparently they played uh, this young, uh, maybe maybe even freshman um, quarterback that everybody seemed really excited about uh, after the game. But I don't know how much of that was just IU fans blowing smoke because they're looking for something to, to hang on to um, or if this guy is actually going to be good for them. But uh, either way, that really seems like a Purdue way to lose, Uh, you know, have a a random new quarterback come in and find his groove against Purdue. So let's hope that doesn't happen. But it's something to uh, look out for. Apparently, this guy's name is McCully. I don't even know. I've never really even heard of the guy. But he was 14 for 25, 242 yards and two touchdowns in a 38-35 loss to Maryland. So uh, there I use now sitting, by the way. Two and six and oh and five in Big Ten play.
2: It's insane because at the start of the season, there's not they a person ranked. in the country they that would have said ranked. I would rather be Purdue than Indiana.
1: No, no. Um so I mean yeah, besides
2: I... every person that's watched basketball in the decades.
1: Hey yo. Um but no, so uh, Donovan McCulley, uh freshman quarterback out out of Indy. Um he wound up, like I said, fourteen of twenty-five and this was only i think the third game he uh appeared in this season so uh looks like he might be rev enough to be their starting quarterback uh for the rest of the season and that means he of course would be facing purdue so uh but for now the big thing we need to worry about is michigan state uh and i mean we don't want to talk too much about it but uh casey they have quite the run game do they not
2: yeah and uh I think we saw how that worked with Wisconsin.
1: Yeah. So this game very much worries me. Uh, Kenneth Walker III, currently over 1,100 yards, uh, just six yards shy of 1,200 yards on the season. Um, so he has just been absolutely crushing people. Uh, he's got six, averages 6.8 a carry, a long of 94 yards, and has 14 touchdowns on the season. So uh, it's going to be the, probably the biggest uh, challenge of uh, purdue's season against a running game i mean even though wisconsin obviously great uh but this this will be quite the challenge so uh we don't have to worry about that right now we can just enjoy the fact that purdue sits at five and three and casey is one purdue went away from having to spend 24 hours uh at a waffle house uh casey have you looked to see where the nearest waffle house to you is i'm in the south
2: there's four of them within ten minutes.
1: Okay, good. So at least you're
2: prepared. Yeah. Uh, um. I, I I think we do need to probably maybe bring it up this week on Twitter. W- what is the timing of the wall? When should I go to the? Should it be as soon as we win the sixth game?
1: That's a good question. Uh, should it that's be
2: into the season? Should it be? Uh, I I don't. Maybe, maybe pick, we'll maybe pick we'll whatever pull you're up thinking up on yeah. Twitter
1: and and see what happens. See what people think. Um, and I then we it. can,
2: I don't totally want to derail a Saturday randomly, but you know, I ran my mouth for a while, so I, I don't feel like it's unfair.
1: So yeah. Yeah. I think it's absolutely fair. So, well, there we go. Uh, we'll put a poll up on Twitter, uh, probably tomorrow, uh, Monday, if you're listening to this and, uh, see what the people say and, and we'll bowl, go maybe, here. maybe
2: the bowl game, even that could be a thing. Like if we yeah. make it, like do it at the bowl game, get a whole celebration of There you go. my lack of faith.
1: Love it. Love it. So Uh, We will keep an eye on that, and we will have an update uh, on the Waffle House Challenge. Uh, Should it come to that? Let's hope it does. Um, (laughs) So, Casey, you got anything else?
2: I think that's it for us this week. All right. Well, start of the week.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, We will be back with you midweek to talk about the uh, Michigan State game and to preview what we think will be a quite difficult game uh, against a top-five ranked opponent coming into Ross Aid. But, hey, we've knocked off a top-five opponent uh, on the road this year, so crazier things have happened. Uh, so for Casey and myself, let's enjoy this victory. Five and three, boiler up. Let's go. Boiler.